431 on the strand. Break that with red clock. Thank you so much. Hope everyone can hear me well. I think I'm sounding amplified and well. Ben, I'm just so saddened to hear that news. That's the first I had heard of it. And that's unbelievable. Let's remember to be prayerful. Individuals face so much in life. We're just so thankful that we have the avenue of prayer. That we have a help in the time of need. That we have brothers and sisters and friends that are willing to pray for us. And let's be diligent to do just that. Especially for that need, that family. And all those who are afflicted, sick at this time, who are bereaved, who have upcoming tests and procedures and uncertainties in life, just difficulties that they're facing, let's remember to pray for those and for one another. You may have saw me going out the back door a couple times. I want to tell you what happened. That gum on my shoe. It really got in there. I looked down on the floor and, well, I'm surprised. So went out and did the best I could do with it. That hasn't happened in a while. And then when I come back in, looked down, there was some more. So I'd make a second trip, throw that out. So if I find out who spit that gum out, <laughs> they got another thing coming. <laughs> 
somewhere between here and Mount Vernon. We'll figure it out. <laughs> like to be a little bit lighthearted from time to time, but that, that's what took me away during the song service. I thought, well, I don't want to track this all over the church building and on the carpet. It'd be terrible. So thank you for bearing with me. I had a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Really enjoyable activity with uh, wonderful people. And I pray that you have as well. <coughs> and what a gorgeous day that we've been blessed to have. And just like Shelby said, when, when you differentiate between the ice storm that uh, seems like a long time ago, but it really wasn't. And then you think about this beautiful spring weather and every, all the beautiful colors, the flowers that are around, the, the trees that are, are budding or, and have already branched out. And, just the good Lord's handiwork Amen. all around us. And if you think about Him speaking that into existence, and that He holds every the schedule, He holds it in His hand between the seasons, and He provides for us how beautiful that it is provides us in all avenues in life with everything that we need and then gives us the joy of seeing these things. And it's free of charge. We serve a risen Savior. Amen. He is glorious. We appreciate His handiwork in creation. If you have your Bible, would you please open with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 16. And let's read some familiar passages of Scripture to begin our lesson this evening. Let's start our reading in Matthew chapter 16 and in verse 13. And this is going to set the stage a little bit because Lord's will, we're going to turn back to Gospel of John chapter 20 down around verse 17 where we left off a couple weeks ago uh, preaching and teaching through that chapter. And we'll pick back up and down around verse 17 of John 20 and we'll move forward, Lord's will. And I wanted to share this with you here in Matthew to begin. Chapter 16 and starting in verse 13 because it is connected to what we'll see. John 20 in just a few moments. Starting our reading here in Matthew 16 and verse 13, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, I asked His disciples and He said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That's a fair question. And that's an important question. And they said... Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some say Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say you that I am? What do you say, disciple? Who am I to you? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, 
the Son of the living God. There's the good confession. There's the rock of our faith. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone of everything we hold near and dear. You are the Christ. There's no other. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, Oh, He was well pleased with that response, wasn't He? Because it's true. And He said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now verse 18 and verse 19 is what I want you to key in on. And once we read these two verses, We'll turn together, please, back to John chapter 20 where we left off a couple weeks ago. And we'll pick up down around verse 17, I believe. <coughs> and I say unto thee, the Lord Himself speaking, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the rock, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the rock. The confession of faith. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail or have any victory against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There's the keys to the kingdom specifically given to Peter who provided the testimony of the rock. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. The church of Christ. It's His church. It's His body. The Father sent Him to redeem the world. He shed His precious blood. He purchased it. We are Christians. We are followers or disciples of Christ. God adds us to Christ church upon our faithful obedience to the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But we're going to find in John chapter 20, Lord's will, as we preach through the remainder and study through the remainder of the chapter. The keys to the kingdom were given to all the disciples who became apostles. And I wanted to set the stage. They were ambassadors of Christ. 
He gave them a charge. And the Spirit led them into all truth. And we have that truth revealed in the pages of the New Testament. The apostolic doctrine. The New Testament. The pattern. It's authorized and inspired from heaven. So without further ado, please turn several pages to the right in your Bible to the Gospel of John chapter 20. And for good measure, let's start our reading. I originally said verse 17. Let's start our reading in verse 14. I think it will jog our memories just a little. And what a gorgeous teaching. John chapter 20. And starting in verse 14. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, but she knew not that it was Jesus. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why do you weep? And whom seekest thou? When you read there in verse 15, Jesus says, Woman. That's not rude in any way. That would be like us saying, Ma'am. Ma'am. It's addressing her respectfully. She's supposing him to be the gardener. <laughs> she saith unto him, Sir. She was respectful. If thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. He was concerned, touched. Obviously, a difficult situation for her. But care and concern, no doubt, front and center. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. And that's all it took. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabbi, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. One word. God knows you. Jesus Christ knows you. And if we're faithful Christians, our names are recorded. He knows your name. It's in the Lamb's book of life. Wait a moment, Brother Baker. That's figurative from Revelation. Oh, that's taught elsewhere. Not just in Revelation. Your name is recorded. God knows His own. Now we pick up in verse 17, please. John chapter 20. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. 
but go to my brethren and say this unto them. You could imagine what she was going to do. What would you do? She's going to fall at his feet, I'm sure. She's going to hug him. going to be overcome. And that's very special. But Jesus has something more so special in mind. Take this message. And here it is. I send unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. Everything I've taught you is true. I told you exactly what my purpose and mission was and that's exactly what I've done. Go tell them. Tell the other followers. I'm going to heaven. He hadn't yet ascended to the Father. He's going to. <coughs> In heavenly places, He's going to sit down at the right hand. And that's the place of authority. Ever living to make intercession for the saints, Christian people. Your Father and my Father. Under the New Testament, no difference between Jew and Gentile. <clears throat> to my God and to your God. Verse 18, John 20. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that He had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, and notice it's emphasized again, being the first day of the week, after Jesus resurrected, He's always present on the first day of the week. And is that not exactly what He said He would do? That on the first day of the week when you gather. To remember my death. I'm with you. I will not eat or drink again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is the church, and the church is present. It's a spiritual body of believers purchased by the blood of deity, Jesus Christ. And when we come together on the first day of the week, He's in the midst. That's humbling. And I'm thankful and appreciative, and I know you are as well. When Jesus says that it's going to happen, when God decrees it's going to come to pass in His good time, according to His will, our obligation is to believe it and to live according to it. 
We are never surprised when God's Word is true. We're convinced always that God's Word is true. Because it is. First day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. He has the right to make such a statement. And when He had so said, He showed unto them His hands and His side. Why? Why did He do that? We're going to read about Thomas in just a moment. Eight some days later, Oh, I'll believe that He's resurrected when I place my finger. That's what folks want, sadly. The Bible admonishes us to walk by faith instead of sight. I guess it's our nature to say, oh, I'll believe when I see Faith is evidential. It has substance. It's based upon things not seen but hoped for with evidence and substance. We have the eyewitness testimony account. And that's convincing. He showed unto them the evidence. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. No doubt. Overjoyed. There's been a lot of speculation. Were they scared? Do you think it took them by surprise? Do you think they thought within themselves, He knows that maybe I wasn't convinced and now here He is. And that's why He showed me. Maybe He's upset with me. Old Peter thought the same, didn't he? If you love me, feed my sheep. Three times. I know the Lord has to become upset with us. But He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He wants us to repent. He wants us to guide our lives in a way to be most pleasing unto Him and live according to the saving knowledge from His Word. And it's His will that none would perish, but all would come to repentance. That's His will. He's full of grace and mercy. But that's not a license to sin. And that's not a license to take advantage negatively of His grace and mercy. God forbid that type of attitude. But we don't want to lose sight that we serve a Savior, a risen Savior who is merciful. And that's what we're counting on. If I can make it to heaven on my own merit, which is impossible, 
then I wouldn't need a deliverer. Oh, but we need a deliverer. I need a Messiah. My righteousness, filthy rag in the sight of the Lord. And I know I've shared with you before, but if you really want to know what that is, you study on that sometime. And you'll see what your righteousness amounts to in the sight of God. In Christ Jesus, we are the righteousness of God because of Christ Jesus. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. He made Him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that in Christ we may be the righteousness of God. But outside of Jesus there is no zero hope. They were glad. They were joyed when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus said unto them again, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, even so I send you. These disciples were going to become the apostles not long from hence. And when He had said this, He breathed on them life. It's how life started in the creation account. God breathed the breath of life and this old body became a living soul. was animated by the breath the Word of God. Christ breathed on them, those that were to become the apostles, and He said, receive you the Holy Ghost. Now notice verse 23 of John chapter 20. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. Is there a connection between Matthew 16, what you bound on earth, will be bound in heaven and what you loose on earth the same manner to what we're reading right here that was given to Peter in Matthew 16 and the other disciples who became the apostles right here by Jesus Himself in John chapter 20 and verse 23. Jesus Himself said that while the Son of Man is on earth... I have the authority to forgive sins. But when He went away, back to the Father, ascended, these disciples that became the apostles were told to go into Jerusalem and tarry there until they received the baptismal measure, power from on high, and repentance, and oh yes, Forgiveness of sins will be preached by the authority of Jesus in His name first there in Jerusalem. 
when Peter proclaimed that gospel sermon that we have recorded in Acts chapter 2. It was the apostles that received the outpouring, the baptismal measure of the Holy Spirit when they proclaimed the Word of God. Well, then the choice became evident. Those that respond by believing, repenting, and being baptized upon their confession of faith, their sins were remitted. And those who were neglectful, their sins remained. (coughs) Is it not the same in 2021? Nothing has changed. The Gospel is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8 The Gospel is proclaimed. The terms of pardon are given. And it's our choice whether we will respond by faith to the grace of Jesus Christ and have our sins remitted, or whether we walk away disobedient, and turn the blind eye, and sadly the sins remain. Verse 24, please. John chapter 20. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. So what do you think they did? Thomas is not there, so I guarantee you next time we see him, we're going to tell him. Right? I would. Guess what happened? Oh, it happened. Jesus was with us first day of the week. We're gathered together. We're not really sure about things. And there He is. And He two times said to us, peace be with you. He showed us His hand, His side. He's resurrected. Everything He said specifically happened just as He said it would. The other disciples, verse 25, therefore said unto Him, this is unto Thomas, We've seen the Lord. Oh, but He said unto them, Except I shall see in His hands the print of the nails. Well, Jesus is always a step ahead, isn't He? Oh, I've already seen that. Okay? There's still speculation. Many commentators you will read will speculate that maybe in eternity, in judgment, He'll have it in His hands. Maybe the prints are still right there. That's speculation. But there's no doubt He's bodily resurrected and put my finger in the print of the nails and thrust my hand into His side. I will not believe. I don't believe you. You say you've seen the Lord? Here's what it would take for me to believe. How hard-headed can folks be? 
Well, we think we deal with difficult folks sometimes, don't we? These disciples, it seems to me if I were present at that time and heard the teaching, the miracles, it's evident that I wouldn't make a statement like this. I hope I wouldn't. And after eight days again, a little over a week, His disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. The doors being shut, He stood in the midst and what did He say? Is this not at least the third time? Is there something to say about the first day of the week? The disciples come together on the first day of the week according to the Bible. Yes, 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 and yes. We go to Acts 20 and verse 7. It just says it plainly. And we can read the examples as well. And who's there? When they're assembled, who's present? He stood in the midst. And it's peaceable. And then he said to Thomas, I imagine that Thomas's heart has to be doing this. That's what mine would do. <laughs> Just like the folks in Acts chapter 2, when you're convinced that what Peter preached is true, and my hands are wicked, by wicked hands you did this. My heart will be, you'd be like this. Because God knows that it was my hands. He knows what I said. So He looks right at Thomas and He says, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand. And He knew what He said. Thrust it. Not just... I want to thrust it in there. That's a, is that a verb? <coughs> I need Wilma. Wilma shake her head at me. Yeah, that's a verb. Is that a verb? Thrust. Jesus said exactly what He said. He knows you. And every idle word. Does the Bible teach that we will give an account? Oh, it does. God knows what you think. He knows what you say. And that's sobering. At least it is for me. Because oftentimes I think and say a lot of things I should not. Like on a daily basis. The Apostle Paul said he buffed his body daily. I'm doing the same. How about you? Thrust it into my side and be not faithless. Instead, believe. Thomas answered and said unto him the only thing you could possibly say. What else could be said? My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed or happy are they that have not seen and yet have believed. That's us. 
That's every disciple of Jesus Christ through the ages, follower of God, that took Him at His Word. Were not faithless. Put their faith and had belief. And can we say that we believe in Christ and be disobedient? Is there not an arrow between or holding those three terms together? Faith, belief, and obedience. Absolutely. Oh, I have faith in You, Lord. I believe Your Word, but I won't do it. I believe so much in You, but don't ask me to do anything. Now, how much belief is that? Not far from faithless. Jesus said on one occasion, and you know what I'm going to say, because you've known me for a long time. Why do you call me Lord? Why? And not do what I command you to do. Faith, belief, and obedient response because of that belief. Well, those are intertwined. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples which are not written in this book. If you ever read anything that contradicts what the Bible says and someone brings you to this verse and says, well, the Bible says He did other signs. Well, I believe verse 30 and you do too. But it will not contradict other verses of Scripture. God is not the author of confusion. In no way, no form, and no how. So if that ever happens to you, please dismiss it. Because of verse 31. What does it say? But these are written. He has given us all that we need. Excuse me. Everything that pertains to life and godliness is recorded in the Holy Writ that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life by His authority through His name. Verse 31 of John chapter 20 really says it all. I believe, Lord, by Your authority, I believe that You died in my stead. I believe that I am a sinner purchased and saved by the grace of the Almighty. I believe Your Holy Word. And through believing it and everything that it says, not being someone who says, well, this part's attractive to me, but I'm not so sure about this part of God's Word. I'll just focus over here. No. 
The Bible has taught throughout time that the sum, S-U-M, the sum of thy word is truth. And that every word, every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God is worthy, right, and more sharp than any double-edged sword. So when you repent of your sins, it's because you believe God's Word. And so believing, you live. When you confess your faith before others and make that good confession, it's because you believe the Word of God and believing you so live. And when you are immersed, baptized in the watery grave with Christ for the remission of your past sins to rise out of that watery grave to walk in a newness of life, it's because you believe the Word of God and in believing, you have life. The same for faithful living. The same for teaching and preaching the Gospel to others. The same for praying without ceasing according to God's will. And the same worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. Namely, on the first day of the week, gathered together, assembled with those of like and precious faith. Because we believe and in believing, yes, do live. In God, your yea is yea, and the answer to the promises, yes. If you are present this evening, and you have a need to respond to the gospel invitation of Jesus Christ from His Word, won't you allow us to assist you? Won't you take advantage positively of His grace and mercy. And won't you come to Him, for He will save you if you will obey His blessed commands. Put your complete faith and trust in Christ and everything the Bible has to say about Him. He will save you from your sins this very evening. You will be added to the church and you'll be ready to walk in that Christian path. If you have a need to respond, please do so before it's everlasting too late, if you've obeyed those blessed commands and you desire the prayers of Christian people on your behalf, no matter what the need may be for rededication of your life back to the straight and narrow path, or just for prayer and assistance with a difficulty, if we can be of service unto Thee, won't You come as we stand together and sing the hymn of invitation. See ye first of all.